Hello guys and welcome to the Pragyan podcast. My name is Kiran Krishnan and today I'm with Trishla and Madhav for the very first episode in this installation. Today we have a very interesting topic at hand, something that we see very prominently around us these days. That is tech in education, changing the way we're taught and changing the way we learn. Guys, over to you. So, um taking this forward, let's start with a very cliche question. Madhav, what do you think uh, education really is? I mean, if we go by the literal meaning of the word education, it is the process of facilitating learning. It's the acquisition of skills. Knowledge definitely comes into the picture, values, beliefs, expertise and you could go on and on uh, attaching synonyms to the word education. But I think confining the term education towards its literal meaning I think it doesn't do it much justice. What we really need to do is to try and find out the true value of how of of what education plays in a society, especially a society that is nurtured in the way how the Indian one is 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 played. So it is more than the superficial meaning. Like if you look at this, one educated person in an illiterate family could change the fate of the entire family. That's so true. I you mean, yeah, because you bring in sense. you bring in a sense of rationality, y- like logical decisions have suddenly uh, as, as are more prominent in in places where there is an educated member or there is a s- there is a scope of education that's happened uh, scope of education that is pre- present and definitely a better quality of life. Lifestyle. Exactly, I mean that's there and. it's it's true because all of these things that we've just spoken right now can be substantiated well by facts and if we play around numbers about india we might actually start wondering why aren't we actively involved in education sector already exactly i mean let's talk about it the overall literacy in india is 74.04 percentage the number of government school students as of 2017 statistics are 65.2% that approximates to 113 million and that is in a country of a population of 1.32 billion people just imagine the ratio exactly similarly the government expenditure on education is just 4.6% of the total gdp and it's not even touching our target our target is 6% of the gdp and now if we contrast this to the canada's gdp 6% of their gdp is being spent only on 3.71 crores people and the problem is that of the 113 million students that enter the government co- uh, government schools is that that's just the government figures you have the private schools and you have other affiliated schools coming into picture out of that and that's 6.5% of uh, the population, population right. only 4.5% of the population are college graduates that's that's quite astounding very in in fact it's quite uh, disappointing if you would look at it in that matter um on that note i'd like to ask though cuz uh, if you look at how us is moving let's say the tech giants like google and microsoft they're moving away from you know ha- mandating a college degree for their job applications now does that number even apply to india when does that have an impact in india where you say only 4.5% are college graduates now is that a cause is that a you know a number for concern or is that something that is isolated to say you know the america usa whatever and it's different in india but the system of education if we see in india and in america it's quietly it's quite different here our prime focus since uh, when we go to the preschool or the nursery school is get educated and then get a job 
Makes sense. It's Makes not sense. more about giving importance towards bookish knowledge rather than the actual skills that a person may derive from doing practical work. Mm, and okay. I think that's where the problem lies in in Indian education. In, in Indian education. Right. Okay, so let's get back to the topic at hand. Um we are dealing with tech in education and how that has impacted, you know, how we study and how we are taught. So Trishla, can you take us forward here? Yeah, sure. So talking in depth about this field, I'm sure everyone must have heard about open teaching, e-classrooms, e-books, smart boards. Interestingly, the giants had incorporated it in their system 25 years ago, while India did it hardly 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And still it's inefficient. India also ventured into the field of STEM that is uh, science, technology, engineering and mathematics. It's basically a platform to you know bring club all these groups together for a better result. And also in the field India ventured in the field of PTech that is pathways in technologies. But since they are new and not wholeheartedly ap- applied so I feel the results are not as it should be. I mean uh, why do you think this has happened? like why do we actually lag behind because in terms of s- in in terms of even economic matters we're still one of the better performing countries uh as compared to other uh other countries of the world and we are one of the giants and still we lag behind so much in terms of education why do you think i feel it's all uh, in the roots in the minds of the people the mindset of the people or see uh, broadly speaking a policy is made and how it is being executed is not you know taken care of right right how it reaches the roots it's not taken care of it's, it's just made for the sake of making a policy all right now i feel we should be working on how efficiently we are you know managing or executing these policies at the ground level for example let's talk about the um right to education rte act of 2009 of yeah. 2009 yes it states that uh, free and compulsory education to children of between the age of 6 to 14 right right what about after the age of 14 good question actually this is something that we haven't focused much on and even when the rt act enshrined the fact that children below the age of 14 should be uh, liable to free and compulsory education and we made it a fundamental right under article 21a we still don't think of what happens after the age of 14 and 14 is like what grade like 8th grade 7th or 8th mm, yeah 8 9 is what 8 9 is what we would either I way. think yeah so that is something that we have to look into account and when you spoke about policies uh don't you think they're semi alluring at its best but something more than that might be the developmental goals that much of the population of our country has i mean if you look at the higher income or the better profited people they would have uh, a much more substantial form of developmental goal that is get a good job that would sustain their life uh, sustain them till the end of their life whereas the lower income people they have shorter terms they shorter goals. terms they just want it's it's more about what is there to eat the next day rather than the long term prospect of going to school and getting education so this narrow minded uh, this narrow mindset has contributed so much towards uh, the lack uh, the the lack of basic education that we feel in our country don't you think 
I feel there is uh, the place where technology has to play the part. Yeah, and on that note, um, like yes, we can talk about policies all day. We can talk about mindsets all day. But um, what I would like to, you know, as as youth of the nation, as uh, someone, as people with access to probably the latest and greatest in technology, the cutting edge, how can we or can we at all see any developments on the front of using technology to better the way education's reaching these people, people I mean in general? Yeah, that's a very valid question, and yes, we do have existing technologies which need to be bettered and you know made more efficient, like the concept of distance education, like distant classrooms. Yes. You sit here, your tutor is somewhere miles away, thousands of miles away, yet. But you don't feel the distance, the distance at all. Exactly. You don't feel the distance at all. It's and almost like he's right in front of you. Yeah, and the same is like the online simulated classrooms where you get the feel of the class as well with uh, many uh, you know students or um, people who are taking the courses along with you but similarly you don't have an environment where you have to like sit in a classroom you could relax in your bed and study more based uh, to broadly speak these are the self-paced courses Look which there's, there's also the new modern machine based solution called edtech that can be a good complement and a substitute for teachers right because if you would look in a school the teachers are poor or frequently absent. EdTech can provide a baseline of education inputs for students to study on their own. And what's you know more, what's more amazing about EdTech is the fact that it improves the literacy of the teachers themselves. Yeah, you're talking about the Kenya's literacy program. Yes, in the, uh, that that's the one where the coaches were equipped with tablets, like the, the ones that visit the classrooms. They were equipped with tablets to evaluate the students' reading skills provide uh, a much more tailored advice towards the teachers and, and a better platform to upload the assessment data to th for the administrators. The ideal situation is to combine good teachers with technology. For example, like in a flipped classroom. I mean, yeah, uh, what EdTech is doing the ad that the teachers are also being administered, that's actually proving to be a very good way because they are also answerable to someone for the job that they do. Yes. So yes, it's indeed. like the students are answerable to the teachers and the teachers to the administrators. Administrators, yes. So. And this constant cycle of um, feedback, be it positive, negative, is eventually bound to help both the students and teacher better themselves. Right. So it's like a, it's like a circle of motivation types or circle of improvement that just keeps going on and on. But I think. The principal question, I, this this interaction is going to be filled with questions and one of the principal questions that we have to ask is that, is there a way to make edtech services more accessible for the underprivileged students, especially in India where the count is pretty high? I mean, if you talk about it, there are so many, I mean, so many educational NGOs working. They're trying to pull students to schools or to their uh, you know self-made classrooms rather than that if they do it taking edtech to them that would be like a good solution to that and for the underprivileged definitely ones. government cooperation in this matter is essential very essential it's very essential indeed yeah. and uh, i think i'll ask both trishla as well as kiran this question we have seen advances in terms of technology we've seen in numerous number numerous kinds what is the future? Because let's be far-sighted here. It doesn't end with this. What do you think is the future 
for technology in education if i were to you know conceptualize a future like probably something out of a star wars movie of education of sorts um it would be it would have an integration with vr mr you know virtual reality mixed reality and other cutting edge concepts along with the fundamentals we already have like we already have massive open online courses moocs in the form of nptel in india you have coursera you have edx and you have so many other uh, platforms that give you education like uo people now the ideal situation would be to simulate a classroom feeling from right at home so where you have a feeling you have a what you are immersed in the reality of classroom you are immersed with other people next to you who are in their own homes and still interacting together now that yes it's you know like i said it's a sci-fi esque dream i would say as of now but i feel we're closer to it than we actually like to admit mm-hmm and of course with every form of advancement there will be challenges and i feel the biggest challenge would be economic funds yes would be funds and it's 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 the it's the underlying issue bottom line for it's everything it's, it's, it's money the bottom line thing for everything it's the money it's the funds but again when we have a significant gdp and we still contribute only 4% i think racing that bar to maybe achieve the said 6% that we are targeting would would genu- would genuinely help in advancing uh, the, co- the 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 scope of education in our country uh again if you and it in that scope i would say uh, the fact of bettering institutions uh giving a more practical approach towards learning uh stuff that you would rather um, stuff that you mostly would just see in theoretical concepts and starting that with the very you know primary level i mean rather yes. than introducing it at a later stage in life why not do it at yeah very so yes. on that front i would like to pose a question to both of you you know i'll go one after the other um now see primary education is where you look at all the colors the shapes and the f- the it's a very young mind that knows no bias that knows no prejudice and it's a very it's a colorful mind is how i like to imagine it where everything is open yeah now how do you propose or how can we see a future where we use technology that we have to make those minds even more imaginative and even more colorful quote unquote madhav we'll start with you i think the first thing that we need to do is to give a free hand to these young minds to explore technology yes explore yes to understand technology of course we should impose reasonable restrictions on the fact that there are so many evils in the world obviously yes yeah, yes but yes. people shouldn't be afraid of using technology like a, a a young mind should be ready to sit in front of his computer yes. and be able to access whatever thing that would ex- that would improve or maybe that would liven that would liven his creativity yes, and in right. all sorts and this should happen in in behind the four walls of a classroom as well hmm. something that i would genuinely advocate to improve right trishla what about you so how it can be done uh, the other way around is that a classroom is a place where we first learn about colors or a for apple or thing small small things we learn definitely up. yes but then rbg red blue green are not the only colors that we should know there are other colors there are combination of colors that could be found that could be made which it's hard to tell them using words or by speech so technology could actually show them that mixing these two colors would generate the other one okay so uh. i feel it's very important that at primary level we you know make them feel that there are things that we can achieve 
using technology and it's actually a, you know it's backing up your bookish knowledge or yes 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 and like if i were to put one plus one from you and madhav together i would say let them you know show them what is what it is and then give them a platform to discover on exactly. their own right right, right. mix maybe five colors and see what you get very yeah, much yeah very much yeah and uh, on that note we will conclude today's episode it was a lot of fun with for me with uh, madhav and trishla thank you guys for very interesting insights thank you guys and stay tuned for more episodes coming to you on all major platforms 